Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Binge Town TV. We are back with Cruel Summer, episode nine, the miseducation of Luke Chambers. And they did they play a Lauren Hill song, Matt? Uh, I don't think they did. I was waiting for like doo-wop or like something like to play yes, anyway. Anything. Yes. Yeah. Spoiler alert. You may be thinking this is not Jimmy's voice. Where is that Delco Delco accent? We've been loving for eight episodes straight. This is another voice you're going to love. We'll miss Jimmy this episode, uh, but he s- took an extended stay in Cancun. I am here with COVID from the Cancun trip. <laughs> We're joined. <laughs> With Matt Kelly of Geekscape fame, of 8,000 podcast fame, previously of my favorite episode of fame, which was the podcast Me, Him, and our friend Julie had together. We also have a pitch town coming down the pipe with Matt. It hasn't dropped yet, but it'll be in the coming months of The Prisoner, an old, old, old show, a classic Matt Kelly pick. Um, but I'm going to throw it to Matt just to introduce himself because he has a thousand podcasts and they're all great and they're all very different. So, Matt, yeah, what's well, up? I want to actually quickly shout out uh, for that future pitch town that while I was at San Diego Comic-Con, humble brag, uh, <laughs> I ran into my friends who were doing a documentary about Lost and we got into a conversation about Lost and I mentioned the prisoner while talking about it and the producer of the lost documentary said, you know, the prisoner is one of the biggest influences on lost. And I said, I absolutely know that. Yeah. <laughs> and there will be a podcast episode about it very soon. Absolutely <laughs> will. Uh, so I am the head of content at Geekscape. I am the person who said, Bingetown, you should be on Geekscape. You're everything that the Geekscape network is about. Uh, and I've brought a bunch of shows on there, but I also do a bunch of shows for the Geekscape Network, including Christmas 365 for that person who's got a little bit of holly jolly in their life 24-7. Before my time with Gelsey Laurie, a past guest of my favorite episode of, now talking about all your favorite vintage things. Uh, horror movie night for the horror lovers in the world. One hit thunder if you love to know more about those songs that get stuck in your head, but you've never heard another song by the artist. Weird Algorithm. All about Weird Al Yankovic. That seems to be the one that's really starting to gain some steam. Uh, White People Problems might be the show for the people listening to Bingetown, uh, where I watched The O.C. for the very first time uh, with my buddy Joe Farron. And then I'm also producing a show called Alyssa Explains It All, hosted by Alyssa Lube from The Circle Season 4. That's kind of not really geek-centric at all. It's, It's more of a sex and dating and relationship podcast but you should check it out because my voice shows up on it sometimes there you go my friend matt has eight million podcasts like i said and they're all great (laughs) and i am just watching the oc for the first time so loving that one (laughs) and having covid me and my girlfriend have watched so many episodes of the oc we're on season two we took a huge break between one and two and it was so funny because as soon as we watched the first episode of the oc season two you had posted the drop of the episode or whatever, because you're on season two now, right? Yeah, I'm on season. I'm liking season two so much more than season one. It's so much more fun. Yeah, she <laughs> says season two is the best. I think it may be a little downhill from here, but <laughs> I've heard I've heard that three two. and four are very rough. Yes. Um. Well, and then, you know, I've already sent you the offer that uh, after we finish the OC, our show, White People Problems, the next show we might want to discuss with white people problems in it might be Pretty Little Liars. But Joe and I have both never seen it. So in that scenario, we might need a veteran of the show to help guide us a little bit. And uh, I have a feeling I might know the perfect veteran <laughs> for such a task. Okay, listen, we are on free form right now for <laughs> CW. Or I was going to say free form for the CW's Cruel Summer. It might as well be. 
Yeah. The Freeform's Cruel Summer, um, formerly known as ABC Family, the home of Pretty Little Liars and where I spent all my Tuesday nights in high school and after for seven years when all the people quit. I stayed <laughs> around. I'm a loyal to a fault. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, you and I both kind of got sucked into Cruel Summer season one at the same time through my favorite episode of with my sister, Julie. I mean, I guess as we're about to dive into episode nine, I guess we both can say you said it almost every episode. This is a good season, but it is nowhere near as good as the first season. Correct. First season was something special for sure. It was. We loved it. Uh, We didn't do episode coverage on my favorite episode of Cruel Summer, but we did do a I think we were like kind of somewhere in the middle and we did a recap of the first five episodes, maybe. And And then then we did an end of it recap. Yeah, it might have been one of our last episodes ever. We ended sometime in 2021 and it might have been like our last one, like finishing out Cruel Summer and saying how much we liked it again. Season one, I think, was probably still should have been eight episodes or maybe a little bit of filler in there. But I thought that season was so compelling. Um, This these end episodes of Cruel Summer season two are doing it for me just because they're so wild. Alex watched episode nine with me, but she's never seen anything else. And she was just (laughs) like, what is fucking happening? I was like, yeah. So I, I had a friend over this morning when I was watching episode eight to prepare to watch episode nine and similar vibe. They had not seen any of it. And when the episode ended and I was like, let's go get lunch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they were like, wait, no, they just shot somebody. I need to know what happens next. <laughs> uh, it really is just ramping up towards the end after. Uh, I would say if this was a movie, we would say that it has some second act problems. But okay. we're getting into a good third act right now. So I'm just going to start off by saying the Lincoln Park cover at the end. Fucked me up. Like soon as it was like. <laughs> the- Dude, the, I the thought that he was going to kill himself right there. I was like, oh, my God, Luke I, is about to kill himself. I was <laughs> like, grabbed Alex. I was like, no, no. I, and I even <laughs> guessed it, sort of. I said to me, and this is not what happened, obviously, but one of the guesses between Jimmy and I was he was just going to stumble out in the water because he's fucked up. He's losing blood from his ear. You know, he's disoriented on drugs. He's been drinking. He was tied up. He's sweaty, whatever. And he and he goes to leave. They emphasize how much he gets lost and then he drowns but listen and i know we're jumping the gun this we're not really doing the formulaic like jimmy and i usually do but does he die this night because if he ends up in that water how the hell is he not found till six months later like they have to take him somewhere else and kill him that's far away or he well, doesn't die this night i think that they i think that what's going to happen is i mean well let's start with this the very last shot of the episode. We're doing this all over the place. Sorry, yes, listeners. It's okay. Very last shot of the episode, a shadowy figure shows up and he says, I didn't think you'd come. And it cuts to credits. Who do we think that shadowy figure is? I've been all around. I'm going to say Jeff. You think Jeff? I I just came up with that right now. I mean, I want it to be Daddy Chambers because I want it to be him who kills him. But it almost but, feels too obvious at this point in a weird way. Yeah, like Jeff, they keep sliding him in. And I every Jeff scene, I'm like, this is irrelevant. I don't give a fuck about Jeff. Jeff, I've been secretly. Legs, but- yeah, I've been secretly thinking Jeff for a while now because he keeps popping up. And like you said, in like the most inconsequential ways so yeah. far. Yeah, and I'm thinking. I don't I didn't think you'd show up like Steve Chambers, Brent Chambers, like they would show up. Right. But yeah. he doesn't want to see either of them, really. I mean, maybe Brent. I don't know. I think him and Brent are on fine terms, but he's not on good terms with his dad. So I don't know. I, Jeff's the only one that makes sense with me. Who else wouldn't show up? Yeah. But the question would be like Jeff or maybe even if it is like Daddy Chambers or or Brent, I don't think that they're just going to throw him in the water. You know what I mean? Like, I think that something's going to happen. He will be either definitively dead or knocked out cold to the point that they think he's dead and they will take him out to the middle of that lake and drop the body. There's no way his body drops at the pier that he's currently sitting at. Like you said, it would, they would have found him within hours. He would have agreed. He would have literally washed up on the shore like 10 minutes later. (laughs) 
Well, something about it, it just still doesn't sit right. Six months later, no matter where they drop him in that lake, you would think they would dredge the whole thing. I mean, I get if you go super, super far out, like, is this an ocean? I don't know. A lake feels like you could dredge the whole thing. I don't know. But maybe they didn't think the lake first. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I don't know much about anything, but they could have thought, oh, it's a runaway for a little bit and then start to think, oh, maybe it's something more nefarious. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there, there could be elements i think that that's the thing that's the bummer is you guys are talking about a lot of stuff where it's like where's the sickness coming from like the stuff with the mom and stuff like that my bigger question is like now that we're on episode nine what is megan's giant transformation from january to july where she's like reclusive hacker that everyone thinks is a weirdo yeah with like pierced eyebrows and tattoos and shit you know what i mean like bottle of gel a day in that hair yeah you know what i mean like it's like (laughs) where where did that change take place and i don't think we're gonna get are we just supposed to assume like she got suspicious of isabel like it just it seems like it's such a dramatic character shift yeah. that we have no answer for still and there's only one more episode to get that answer i think what they're gonna do is say it's luke disappeared and she went dark that's all it is i don't think it's gonna be like we haven't seen it happen yet luke yeah. go missing which is why we haven't seen her go dark but i always i try to explain it to jimmy without like spoiling anything for season one but like Jeanette goes dark in season one you know yeah. she like cuts her hair and you like you obviously know why one or the but other. I was going to say, Jeanette's makes more sense because in the very first episode, we understand that everybody hates her mm-hmm. for a reason blank. Yeah. I almost want episode 10 to be longer. Like, I almost want it to be, but I don't think this show's popular enough to warrant like a double sized final episode. So, no, it's definitely I, not. I've enjoyed the ride and I, I'm sure we'll get answers to some of the questions. But again, like to tie it back to season one, and I guess listeners, slight spoiler for for first season of Cruel Summer, but like skip thirty seconds. Well, and and I'll speaking bigalities, but there was a double twist. You know, yeah. what I mean, like mm-hmm. you you saw one thing, and then shortly after, just before Ooh, yeah. the show was over, there was another reveal. Oh, I don't know so how good. they're gonna. I don't know how I don't know if they're planning to do that or not, but I feel like at this point in time, really, the only mystery is just like who killed Luke, which I have a feeling we're going to get in the first five minutes of next week's episode. So it's like they got to give me some fucking twists and turns in the next episode or I'm going to be very, very confused. Um, the, the only other mystery really is who killed Lisa as well. Yeah. So is it, is it, is he? Okay, so that brings me to one of my first points. So the Chambers boys in episode eight were pissing me off in into oblivion, right? They were, yeah. all of them were acting up and we were really shit talking, Luke specifically, um, just for the past few episodes because the, the show is showing us every Luke indiscretion and every Luke bad moment. And, it, and I started at the top of the episode, last episode saying, Fuck the Chambers. Izzy's my girl. Uh, fuck you if you disagree. <laughs> yeah. And yet they made me t- talk so much shit on Luke and didn't show any of these bad Izzy moments from this episode. There were so yeah. many weird Izzy episodes. Like Izzy threatens Luke a few times. One, it, it's, it seems out of character. So the one is Halloween, right? She's like, yeah. There isn't enough room for the both of us as like her sidekick. And then two, she was a narc about when Megan was at the bar being like, oh, that guy, whatever. And then the Madrid thing. It's like, why is Izzy being so? I don't know. It's they yeah. the, the show. They made these choices and they're flipping us back and forth. But I, I feel like they could have been more subtle about it while showing the dichotomy like in parallel i don't know if that sentence even makes sense but no but i know what you're saying because this episode literally all this episode was to a certain point was like let's remind everybody that luke sucks let's show people that izzy also has the potential to suck also here i'm gonna i'm gonna be such a big nerd for a second okay hit it 
episode starts with September 1990, and they're playing a Hootie and the Bluefish song that did yeah. not come out for like another five or six years. And I, I literally rewound it because I'm like, maybe I read the year wrong. <laughs> like, no, it was, was 90. Yeah, and I'm like, what the hell? Um, I do not love the idea that they are showing us other time periods outside of the narrative jump around that we're supposed to yeah. exist in. Um, do you remember? Did, I don't think they did that in season one. Season one stuck very firmly to like, yes. we are only seeing these three periods. Uh, and I also don't think that like the, I didn't think that any of the stuff that they showed us in the past added up to that much more additional information where I was like, oh man, I'm really glad that we included them playing a game as kids. <laughs> like no, that couldn't and- have just been them watching a tape to start off the the episode and like be two seconds long. Yeah, I do think it was weird that they showed the summer of ninety. We're smart enough as viewers to understand that, and home videos and tapes have been a theme of this show. So yeah. it's not a weird thing if they just open with that and then it zooms out on Luke watching it. We understand yeah. Luke's or even. So here's how I would do that. Because, you know, you want to start suspensefully, right? Zoom out and it's like the police officer watching it. Like they're going through every home video trying to find evidence. And they just happen to be watching this video of back when the Chambers family was just like a stable, normal, happy family together. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed. Yeah, I thought it was a little odd that they did that. And then because the coder, like this episode is set in blah, blah, blah. Only said fall of 99 and uh, January 1st, 2000. And then all of a sudden it was like summer 1990. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, when is it? Yeah, you already <laughs> just lied to us right out the gate. Yeah. Cool summer. It, <laughs> exactly. is, it has been literally 30 seconds and you're lying yeah. to us. <laughs> With that being said, I so basically they showed us one scene a month, right? It, it almost seemed like they were trying to soften Luke a bit and make Izzy worse. In that way, when they cut to Luke being tortured in to, on New Year's Eve night, you're like, holy fuck, this is just a kid. He's just a kid who lost his mom. Like we start with um seeing this video of his mom and then cut to him on his mom's birthday. And then Brent fake drowning him and the dad being like, suck it up. Like, yeah, I I'm glad we got to know the backstory of the mom and that Luke was in the car and the dad was but supposed you, to be home. Do you think that the Brent drowning him thing is also supposed to red hair and Brent one more time? Because it's like he was capable of drowning. It's like, I agree with you, but I think it's so cheap. Like, it's, it's like, too little it's too late. Brent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, yeah. I. I think the part that I liked the most in this episode, and it's very interesting if it is Jeff that ends up killing him, um, because I think it's Jeff is the one that says it where he's like, you're worse than your brother, because like your brother, your brother at least is very upfront with how much of a piece of trash he is. Mm -hmm. Your stuff is like all these subtle manipulations. And like, I kind of agree, like Brett, Brett doesn't fake you out on who he is. You see Brett and you know, yes, that is a person I do not wish to be friendly towards. I don't want to hang out with Brett. I don't want to be Brett's friend. Luke brings this like nice guy attitude. And it's like, unfortunately, like a lot of sexual assault stuff doesn't come from the Bretts. It comes from the Lukes. Mm -hmm. It comes it comes from the guy who's so nice and friendly, but deep down every little thing that they're doing is wearing a mask and manipulating you. And I'm not saying that Luke is full blown that, but he absolutely, I mean, I don't care taping somebody, whether it's your girlfriend or not without their consent, that is sexual assault. That is, that is, it's no, it's a no, no, agreed. Agreed. You know, doing the stuff that he did with Izzy gaslighting, like all of that stuff, it's all bad behavior and it's all, it's extra shitty because he puts on such a nice guy thing that it also makes the person who he's being shitty to ultimately they're going to think maybe I'm just mis- misreading the situation because how could Luke ever blah, 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 when it's right. all been very clearly thought out and manipulative, which is why I do think you're right. I think it's Jeff because I think Jeff is the one who really feels hurt in the sense of like 
he's je- well just about to murder somebody so not great but like yeah. i'm sure in jeff's <laughs> eyes he's like i'm an actual good person and this person who i really liked fell for this guy's bullshit yep and left me for him yeah i agree luke luke is tough and I, and i don't even mean that in a way that's like wow what a what a great developed character like i'm not really patting cruel summer on the back here it's more (laughs) like it's all really confusing about the way they pitched it to us because i think what they tried to do was say here's a really sweet kid yeah megan's best friend and he's dead now and you're gonna care about him you know just like jimmy mentioned in an earlier episode in mtv scream it's like they make you love someone so when he dies it hurts you know yeah but then they were like but wait he's actually not that good of a guy and then they laid it on us so thick that was well, like, wait, 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 wait. Let's wait. talk about the most important detail that we learned in this episode that Luke played the fucking tape. Yeah, I was I could have sworn it was gonna be Izzy. I'm bummed we missed we missed that one. But I mean it's it's kind of obvious how they show it and how like I I said that at some point he was gonna act out because his dad wants him to go to business school so bad, like that yeah. he's gonna either run away and then Steve's gonna kill him or something like that for it. But it was really just him trying to get out of it himself and then doesn't give a fuck about anyone in his path. He's like, I'll destroy Megan's life. I'll destroy it. That's what I mean. He just, yeah. and that's where it's like, I don't care how hard you try to soften Luke to me. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer's childhood was pretty rough too. That doesn't yeah. mean that Dahmer is a good dude. Like, correct. To secretly tape your girlfriend and then without even the slightest care of what the ramifications will be for your girlfriend, Mm -hmm. play the sex tape just to get some petty revenge on your dad. It's psychotic. That's that is sociopathic. That is like so cruel. That's a cruel summer. That's a cruel summer. And then (laughs) but then like he really does lie about it. Like there's a point where he's like yelling at Brent and then narks Brent out for the tapes. Like yeah. knowing that he then gets Brent's tapes and turns them in to like have Brent as the as the fall guy is even more fucked up. Yeah. It's like he's so manipulative. These are things I'm just thinking through right now because I just watched the episode that, in the last hour. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Like it's like that's the stuff where I don't care how hard they were trying to soften Luke yeah. or trying to get us to understand his decision-making at the end of the day, Jeff is a thousand percent, right? He is more psychotic than Brent. Yeah. Cause we've all been friends with a Brent. You know what I mean? Like we've all been friends with like a dude who turns everything into sexual innuendo yeah. and can be like a little pervy. And maybe you don't feel super comfortable sometimes like alone with that person, but at mm-hmm. their core, you're like, at least they're honest with who they are. So you know how to like, set your boundaries sure in college you make friends with a lot of brents yeah (laughs) Yeah. true like but like luke mm, i hate to say it i'm almost like good about luke dying at the point by the end of this episode (laughs) i'm just like good great whoever it was you are a hero yeah (laughs) it's like they didn't what's olivia holt's character's name in cruel summer season one I genuinely can't remember off the top of my head. It's like Janine and someone. I can't remember either, but I like really cared about those characters. And I remember like Janine getting on our nerves. You guys hate it, Janine. And I, you would make fun of me for even trying to defend her. Yeah. But, but in that sense, like I still liked her as a character. I was like, she's annoying, but they're writing her to be annoying and, and they're doing it well. Like she, she's, she was like a little bit, troubled as well you know what i mean but i like i genuinely like and like kevin smith's daughter i liked her and like all the characters kate and jeanette yeah there was something there's something different about how they wrote season one and season two like i don't love these characters like i really enjoyed the season one characters like i'm rooting for megan but am i and i'm rooting for izzy but also am i because what did you think of izzy this episode this was not really a megan episode only a few like ins and outs with megan but izzy they were trying to paint as a bad guy again and they're really saving all the big reveals for the 10 on her and luke I mean, I'm going to steal. Uh, it's going to be like Jimmy's here right now, but okay. they're really they're really going swim fam with Izzy. 
at this point. They're really they're really hitting those beats of like obsessed friend. I don't know. I weirdly like I don't want to say I didn't buy it. The other thing that I always have to wonder is, are we supposed to are we supposed to be taking everything that we see as Bible? Yeah. As Bible or from perspective? Like, is that how Luke perceived the conversations with Izzy? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Is it an unreliable narrator you're saying? Yeah. Like, I just don't know how this show wants. And that might be a fault of the show that I never know, like, how it wants us to read a situation. Um, But here we are again. Also, two episodes in a row. Like, where is Ned? Like, Ned seems like a very important focal point in this. Is it Ned? Like, is Ned the one that showed up that he didn't expect would show up? Like, I'll hate that. <laughs> I will hate that, too. I will really hate that as well. Because how would he even have his, like, beeper number? Yeah, you know dude. You know that was mean? the other thing that was so funny. I'm like, I don't even think I know. I I was alive during the beeper pager days, and I still don't even know how to to beeper page somebody. No, no. <laughs> There's just a lot of weird things in this. Did you, you watch Dexter New Blood or no? I did not. I okay. I finally finished Dexter during the pandemic. And Ooh, then you need to watch New Blood. It's so good. <laughs> Add it to it the out. list. It's, it's <laughs> I mean, I understand why you would need a break from Dexter after finishing Dexter because the end <laughs> sucks so bad. But Dexter New Blood, they really like brought it in those like 10 episodes or whatever it was it was really well done i thought um nice. and we covered it on binge town but anyway i know you did um, i can't watch every binge town but I, I try i try my best to stay up to date with the ones that i can yeah so in that show jamie chung's character plays a podcaster and she's awesome in it and when they introduced the reporter or whatever mid-season with megan and she's like at the cafe or whatever that Megan works at and is like talking about Luke going missing or whatever. And it's like, and then they just never go back to her. It's like this show. I'm like, what is going on? Why yeah, this, doing- this definitely this season didn't feel as tight. No season one. Season one felt like it was a really fleshed out planned out thing. And all I can think of is they say this about music all the time that you have your entire lifetime to write your first album and you only have about a year or two to write your second album. Yeah. So like, slow. you know, yeah, like you've spent like all these years crafting songs and you pick the 12 best songs over however long you've been a band to make that first album. Yeah. And then after you're done, you're like, great. Now we got to write 12 more in the next year that are as good. And it's a it's a real struggle. I have a feeling that the people who do Cruel Summer, that that first season, they had really been marinating on that idea and swung for the fences as if this was the only opportunity they were going to get to tell that story. Yep. And then when it got renewed, I feel like they had a rough idea of what they wanted to tell a story of, but this just doesn't, this doesn't feel as tight of a narrative. Um, I mean, we could be floored next week. I, I always say that. I'm like, we got a couple episodes left, but now yeah. we only have one left. So I just let- feel like there's a lot that they need to do in 44 minutes that, I don't think it's impossible, but I think it's improbable. This episode was only <laughs> like, 40 minutes. Yeah. I, uh, 40. What you... Anyway, so let's jump into the next scene or the next timeline. January 1st, 2000. It's really New Year's Eve night. And it is jarring. The cut scene. It's like all going through all of these scenes of Luke uh, being kind of soft and that that was lighter colors of the fall of 1999 and then all of a sudden it's to him like tied up sweaty and screaming in that dark greenish like um hue they give that that timeline Br- color sound everything is jarring it's well done in that way even though i've complained about the coloring in previous the um, coloring episodes. is rough for sure it throughout the these blue different ones. color sucks yeah, it's not great. Also, I know that this was in the previous episode, but I need to just say it. Uh, Luke sucks as a negotiator. Oh, like, like in a high stress situation, he's just like Meg had that situation somewhat under control, and all Luke had to do was not talk. Yeah, correct. <laughs> and and I said it last episode too. I'm like, Luke has seen all these little scenes that we have now seen in this episode. Of of Izzy's kind of like screws turning and being yeah. like, 
I'm being Izzy's being manipulative. So Luke has to get a little manipulative. And he's like, I'm the one who's tied up. I'm vulnerable. I'm just going to call the crate, the who I think is crazy girl out and see yeah. what she's going to do. It's like, no, she's going to lose her fucking mind and shoot. Yeah. You, you know, it's a good time to do the call out when there's not a gun in their hand and you're not tied defenseless to a bed. Like just just spitballing ideas here. Play nice, get untied, get the gun and then turn the tables and be like, Meg, listen to this. This is the crazy stuff that your friend, so-called friend has been doing. Like, yeah, don't do it while you're tied in a bed when the person's got a gun point at you. Are you insane? I know. I'll say it again. (laughs) The tape is so insane. Oh, the tape is chaos. Is he threatening to use the tape as blackmail for him to never mention this night again? I'm like, you are the bad one on that tape. Yeah, he is tied up and sweaty and drugged, and you have like a gun held against yeah. his head at one point. It's the most incriminating video you could make for yourself. Exactly. <laughs> Correct. But me and Jimmy have been, you brought it up already, complaining about the pills, about the meds, everything. And of course, we do get a little shot, and the name is Debbie on it. So you, when Izzy grabs the pills, they are Debbie's pills, but like Debbie's pills for what? Well, because here's the thing I was thinking about, because you guys keep bringing that up. I feel like Debbie gets sick after Christmas, right? Like that she gets sick sometime between the January 1st and the July. Well, the and pills that's that why they may used... become reclusive. But like. Well, the pills that they know. use to drug Luke are Debbie's. So we were assuming yeah. that. And that is January 1st. So we assume. She was sick before, like, or unless yeah. it's just like sleeping pills. But I took, I literally took a picture to send it to Jimmy, even though he's in Cancun and didn't uh, watch the episode yet. I took a picture to see if there's any like telltale signs of what this medicine is for. It doesn't even say take one capsule every four hours may cause drowsiness. Don't operate machinery. <laughs> so yeah, it's for Debbie. So it is her for her sickness, but they just didn't do anything with it. They showed one time Megan putting pills in a box and then Debbie being like, oh, like, give your sister some money. And it's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I'm, sister- I'm literally Googling Cruel Summer Debbie sickness. Uh, all right. So it says Cruel Summer is yet to disclose Debbie's illness, whether it's cancer or some other life threatening disease is left unknown. Um. Yeah, they got to give us something. <laughs> like, I mean, at this point, is it is it relevant besides that's the pills that they're using? I feel like they must have just gotten rid of some scenes, some important yeah. scenes. I really but, think that that's what happened. But we could have put them literally anywhere. I mean, you, like you said, this episode was four minutes shorter than normal. There wasn't there wasn't a spot anywhere in this series that you could just toss in a giant question that we're all curious about well they didn't know what to do with debbie either her her good scenes like i've said are the ones just like ripping into daddy chambers but other than that she's just kind of like a a half decent mom like she's there for her kids but like i don't know she fuck if i know but anyway next megan tells luke she he's she's pregnant in the worst possible scenario again he's tied up drugged drunk shot in the ear losing consciousness and she sells him that and and she wants him to act accordingly and act right and be chivalrous it's like of course luke's luke grew up with daddy chambers like of course his initial response was to be like my dad can take care of it like his dad's a fixer like that's all his dad knows how to do it's at this point i'm like this poor 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 kid like I, like i don't like luke but this is insane yeah no that was a bad judgment call from meg um, and i mean i guess that's the other thing we're gonna have to find out is like she's clearly not pregnant still come summertime correct so so something happens in episode 10 i and i mean i guess that also could be I'm sure if you're a teen and you have to you deal with a miscarriage or or even an abortion or whatever, maybe that would turn you into the dark gothy girl, uh, especially when you're the dad of the baby is missing. Immediately after you tell him that you're pregnant, he goes MIA and you don't know if he's dead or ran away or whatever. 
so what let me ask you this question okay when in episode 10 do you think we go back to where this episode left off do you think it starts there do you think it happens in the middle or do you think it's like the very last scene of the entire show is we get the reveal of who's on that dock and what happens I've thought before that we're going to get it right away and I've been wrong of reveals like the one with Debbie and Meg about the the pillow case with the blood on it. We never saw them do it again. So, yeah. (laughs) And I was like, we're going to open at the close there. Um, But so I don't know. It can't be the last thing. We're just going to have so much build up. There's got to be like aftermath. There's got to be there has if there's not aftermath. I will be disappointed. Yeah. So I think just telling us who killed Luke is going to be too disappointing. I'm thinking middle. Okay. I think middle or beginning is fine. Yeah. I think that we get a bunch of summer of 2000 stuff up front. Sure. That makes sense. And, And then maybe a little bit like pair that up with the summer of 99 a little bit. And then I think right at like the second commercial break, we cut back to what happens January 1st or January 2nd on that pier. And then we'll, you know, it'll probably be bouncing between that timeline and the 2000. I think that they'll wrap up the summer of 99 early unless the last scene is from the summer of 99 that's like, like the twisty. big twist. Yeah, the yeah. big twisty implication. And uh, I hate to break the sea, but I feel like if there's going to be some weird twist, it's going to be on your girl, Izzy. I agree with that now after yeah. seeing this episode. It took me until this episode. I'm still, she's still my girl. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think that she, I do not believe she killed Luke, but I do believe that we're going to get some, some twist or turn that makes us want to rewatch the whole show and sure. see it with that knowledge and be like, Ooh, girl was crazy this whole time. Like, yeah. Well, do you think she killed Lisa? Let me throw a pitch to you. Okay. Hit me. Lisa's not dead. What if Izzy's Lisa and Lisa killed the original Izzy and took her spot? No, we saw a picture in the obit, didn't we? Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just throwing crazy twists out there. Just like, sp- listen, I'm the one that had the mirrors theory in the first season. So. Yeah. Um. <laughs> true. And um. But I don't think actually... who she says she is. I I think that there is something. I I could see us getting some reveal that makes us realize that Izzy has not at all been the person that she's claimed to be this entire time. Yeah. But it helps because me and Jimmy really did worth thinking, like, even though she's our girl, we were like, she had something to do with the tape. She didn't. There's a lot of things that were Luke where we thought they were going to be Izzy. So I don't know. I will just have to see. But do you so moving forward, do you think that the blood that drips off of Luke's ear is what Megan was cleaning in the off the cabin floor in an earlier episode when they find Luke's body? Because why? That was a lot of blood. And why did they not do anything? (laughs) Did they not check the cabin at all when he went missing? It's like, I don't know. He's always at the cabin. Like, Why is she cleaning up blood six months later? That makes no fucking sense. None. And that's going to bring it back to Lost for a second. I feel like a lot of the people who do not like the Lost finale. If you don't like the Lost finale because there's still so many open-ended questions, valid. Mm -hmm. I feel like Cruel Summer Season 2 is is going to Lost finale in that sense where I just think that there's questions that we are... It is impossible for them to give me the answers I need because that was a lot of blood she was was cleaning up that cabin floor for what is like an ear injury. You know what I mean? Like, it's... (laughs) here's another weird thing when they first get called into the sheriff's office megan makes up uh, obviously a lie that is like he was running from something he wrote a note for me to give to steve and then he never showed up or whatever and then he's like she's like i dropped him off at the house like she was making up all these things that don't tie in at all unless for some reason they do tie in i 
for right now, it makes it seem like none of that has actually anything to do. Because I remember it being like, oh, shit, Luke was a missing person in a way that was like, oh, he may have been a runaway. Like, that was never a thing until Megan said it. And then I'm like, okay, well, it's not a thing because he's not a runaway. Like, obviously, they may have thought that because he was missing. I'm confusing myself. But really, my point is just saying, why did Megan make up all those lies when this is what we've seen tonight? Like, I really thought that was going to tie in. I feel like I need a behind the scenes. I I think that this is going to be a disappointing season, but like, you know, I'm a physical media loving dude, right? Yeah. I feel like this is one of those things where it's like, this is going to be kind of like a disappointing lukewarm season. Lukewarm, huh? Uh, (laughs) But like, if it was released on DVD, there'd be all these deleted scenes that then you watch and you're like, oh, so much more makes sense with these deleted (laughs) scenes. Like, because I think you're right. It just feels like they had to keep everything to 10 episodes, 44 minutes, and they shot too much stuff. And they're just like trimming stuff where they can, but it's leaving up all these like questions in it because technically Meg's already screwed herself. She's perjured her a case. Like, like the second 100%. that she lied, lied about things, she is now perjured uh, an active search. Like so long scholarship now for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like she was worried about other stuff. Like, I hope my prediction's right that we get a lot of summer of 2000 stuff because that's where the most questions are. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Maybe you're right. Maybe what we need is episode 10 starts off where episode nine left off. We see who killed Luke. If it's Jeff or whatever, we have a motive. I don't think that we need to like dive too deep into the motive. You get into an argument, whatever, kill him, rows the boat into the middle of wherever. You know what would be cool? Is that if it's Jeff, we get kind of a home movie manifesto or like something of Jeff's yeah. tapes, like make Jeff's tapes relevant. And I then I think we have a whole different POV yes. that you're talking about. That is like, this is what I've been looking at. And it could be like scenes of Izzy and, and Luke and like whatever it is. I think that would be cool. That could be like the twist and the motive. It doesn't have to be we see the same fucking scenes again, but from Jeff's POV, like make it with his tapes and that's fresh and cool. Here's here's what we genuinely need, actually. We need a thing when when the next episode starts, it needs to say the events of this episode take place between January 1st, 2000 to August 2nd, 2000. Not like we i we need to see everything that has happened yeah, from agreed. that point on and it should just be a straight narrative no jumping around show us what happens with luke and then show us all of the stuff that happened between january and july that got us to where we are explain the blood in the cabinet explain like explain all this other stuff and then at the end of all of that, when everything seems tied together, Jeff's in handcuffs or whatever. We're just assuming it's Jeff at this point. Yeah. Jeff's yeah. in handcuffs getting arrested. Then we jump to the summer of 99 and get whatever weird Izzy twist they have up their sleeve at the yeah. last second. I love that. I love it. That's how we usually end the pod is on guesses. And I'm jumping on that one. I like that. That's good for me. <laughs> Um, we may get some flashback stuff of Jeff's tapes though before I would January. love that though. Yeah. I like that. I want yeah. but but like you said, give us a reason for the flashbacks. Yeah, make exactly. it tapes, make it something that narratively ties into everything. Cause at the end of the day, like I like this show. I really I feel like it sucks that I'm on this episode because it feels like I hate the show. But yeah, it's like right. I like the show so much. Yeah. It's like it's it's a real like we're all rooting for you type thing. Like I want the show <laughs> to be great. I want to be able to tell people, dude, you missed out on how good Cruel Summer season two was. And like, right. I don't think Cruel Summer season two is even going to sniff my top ten shows of the year when it comes that time. You know what I mean? Agreed. Like, like it's not going to be the worst show that I watched this year by a mile. But like, there's been so many home runs this year. Agreed. Like, this is just the saying it. And it could have been great. This was the thing I was probably the most excited for this summer was the return of Cruel Summer. 
I like forgot it was coming back until you were like, hey, you should cover Cruel Summer on Binge Town. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, fuck, yeah, we should. And then I texted the group. I'm like, hey, this episode comes out tonight. Does yeah. anyone want to do this with me? <laughs> well, while you're taking good ideas from me, do you mind if I pitch uh, a Binge Town idea to you sure. right now on the episode? So I know you guys mentioned it very recently on the show. Binge Town might be having a rough patch. The longer this writer and actor strike goes with new content, like right now you're good, but like right now until I would say through the end of the year, we're good. I'd say 2024 is when it's going to you're looking at a rough 2024. Let me propose something. I was thinking about this. You got this great discord that everyone should join. What if each one of the binge town kids picks a show and you let the discord vote on which retro show they want you to do a week to week recap of like a pseudo pitch town, but more so just like, hey, if Binge Town was a show in the 2010s or the 2000s, these were this would definitely have been a show we would have watched. For yeah, it. Um, I, I think took- you're going to have to lean into retro shows for at least a couple months <laughs> while Hollywood gets back on its feet. Yeah, I agree. And I love that idea. We were tossing that around in Cancun because that's what we were with all the binge town people yeah. um, trying to get a pull out for like next year if we have a lull and in, in new content coming out. So yeah, totally agreed. Um, would love that. I have a few shows that I would like to go back and what? cover once. I'm trying to think but of other. Like- Dark is a big one that they want to go back and do as well because... We never covered Dark, and Dark is one of all of our collective favorite shows, and there's a few people who haven't seen it, so we're going to Rooks and Vets Dark, but the issue with Dark is that it is so convoluted that you can't skip episodes. It has to kind of be like episode per episode, but again, that's like, I think Dark is like either 30 or 28 episodes or something like that, so that'd be a lot of deep diving episodes, so in a lull, that would be our perfect one to do. uh, If you really want to just kill time with like 200 plus episodes i think it's time for kathleen to do her psych recap podcast oh, i freaking love psych <laughs> it's the best it but the best. I, I am i'm excited no matter what because you guys put on a great show and you make me want to watch shows that i would have otherwise just kind of put off you you give me a reason to care about like the new season of witcher or like sure. secret invasion so I'm sure that you guys will find a way to make me give a shit about old shows that I've either seen or have been meaning to see but didn't get around to. It's going to be tough for a lot of TV podcasters out there, but I have full faith that the team at Binge Town will make do with what they can to to get through. Hey, we all support the writers and actors guilds here. They're Absolutely. clearly the people getting screwed over in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, you know, just kind of covering our butts. Don't, oh, don't 100%. hate us. Don't hate us oh, for no. promoting television shows uh, because we, we hate what the studios are doing to absolutely pay our people <laughs> so we can watch TV. That's the only thing I live for quite literally. So pay them, but you know, it's your, it's TV and then your girlfriend's second. Weirdly. It's strange. Yeah. <laughs> she knows that and that's why she can stay but for real i mean we'll be all right we love just making content so we'll do pitch towns we'll do old shows we'll do fun drafts we'll do fun episodes maybe we move to movies and stuff like that of like older movies we do may a even franchise do like a, a barbenheimer like- episode coming up and nice. <laughs> you know so We'll be good. And also we have like 350 episodes plus. So there's yeah, plenty there's of a nice back, back catalog. Yeah. People have yeah. stuff to listen to. Glass you should just make the boys watch the traders because that was one of the best recommendations. I well, think that's ever another thing. Me. We're going to do the trader <laughs> season two because we're going to do survivor, which will keep us, you know, we're going to do survivor in the fall. So then survivor, I don't think gets affected by the writers actors. no uh reality should we're gonna get inundated with reality shows for a very long time i yeah. i don't think it's an accident that when it was just a rumor that the writers might be striking like that was like a thing that was already being discussed in january and february and right around march and april netflix announced that they were filming the next five seasons of love is blind and after a year of inactivity they suddenly were casting two more seasons of the circle so 
Uh, I think they very quickly were like, whoop, we got to really bump up yeah. the reality content. <laughs> like, yeah. So, so we'll even move into that because I'm obsessed with Survivor over here. I wore my buff, my Survivor buff on the plane to Canada. So nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. All right. So we just, we just, you know, we do this, me and Matt. We really do. Uh, we just love each other and we don't see each other enough. So like any podcast is an excuse to just catch up simultaneously exactly. while discussing Cruel Summers, episode nine. Exactly. So <laughs> any final thoughts? I mean, again, we got the in the end. It doesn't even Beautiful. matter. It seems like he's going to li- quite literally just fall into the lake. Yeah. And, and that bounce. scene was incredible. I, I have to give credit for that. That is that scene with the song and the audio clips of all the stuff that people had said to him in the beginning yeah. of the episode. I was like, this is really, really, really well done. And I did think I'm like, like you said, he's either going to fall in that water. Or he's going to take his own life. Like, cause it really felt like it was just all these voices reminding him what a piece of shit he was. Yeah. And I was and like, I thought, holy shit. Like they're going to go there. <laughs> it makes sense because the whole episode, he's like, I want to be on the water. I want to be in the water. I love the water coast guard. And then all yeah. of a sudden, I was like, oh, he's going to die in the water. That's what he wants to do. I mean, he ended up did. He did die in the water, but yeah, it seems like it's not his choice anymore. Like there was always still a possibility that it was his choice, but I don't think so anymore. No, no. Uh, but all in all, I mean, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, it's going to be a too. long six days, but. We'll get there. Yeah, we'll get there. (laughs) That's the episode, Matt. Thanks for joining. Um, You are my number one choice for a backup. When I knew Jimmy, I booked him like six weeks ago, knowing that Jimmy would be out this week. So, Matt, appreciate you coming on. And everyone, go check out all the podcasts he mentioned in the beginning of this episode. They're all great. You'll hear his lovely thoughts and takes on most of them. You are, are, is everything you named when you're on or just produce? Too. Uh, usually, uh, I only promote the ones that I appear on the mic sometimes. Yeah. Um, the ones that I produce, uh, unless they actively call me out, I just kind of let me be a silent sure. producer behind the scenes. Yeah. I called you out so much on my favorite app. We kept I, so much so that I had to have a microphone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Great. Well, that's the episode. Uh, go check us out on Benchtown TV, on Spotify, Apple, anywhere you can listen. Hit subscribe. Um, like Matt mentioned, we have a Discord. Also follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Threads at Benchtown TV. Again, if you're listening on the Cruel Summer feed, we are Benchtown TV, so that's where all of our episodes get dropped as well. Right now, we're covering Witcher Part Two, which is coming out soon. I don't know if it came out yet or not. It comes out tomorrow. Um, <laughs> at the time that go. we're recording this, it comes out this week. Perfect. We did Witcher Part 1, Secret Invasion. We just covered Succession and all that. Um, We may do a Barbenheimer episode. We've got some fun stuff coming up, so stay tuned. And we are Binged on TV. And in the end, it doesn't even even matter. matter. (laughs) I would love to have screamed that, but the COVID is really... uh, (laughs) I've been holding in coughs this whole time. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.